taking risks for Jesus because we trust him and because we trust that path for it's him. It's faith. That's what faith it's is. It's faith, yeah. Right. And that's what Peter did. Like, he's like, I could stay here in the boat. I'm complacent. I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. But he's calling me there. I know it's a risk, but I'm going to trust him and I'm going to do it. Welcome back to Unscripted Scripture, and I'm Jack. We're here with my co-host, Jack. Did I just say I'm Jack? Yeah, you just said you're Jack. Well, I'm Zach, and you're Jack. <laughs> we're the Pack. Pack. Woohoo! And we're back. And we're back. I think if you're a subscriber, you're an Packer too. Yeah, for sure. Um, So subscribe. Yeah. If you're not, that's okay. Just glad you're listening in, and we look forward to you joining us for the next couple episodes, but for this one, we're excited to have you on, and uh, yeah. It'll be a fun one, Zach. Yeah, it is. Well, I mean, I'm going to talk about some sports. We're going to talk about some scripture. Yes. Um, you know, sports. two of the best things in the world. All right. So first, to start it off, I'm going to go through some sports scandals. Um, and I didn't tell Jack kind of all the scandals. So we're going to see if Jack knows scandals. Can all you right. think of any off the top Here of your we head? Go. Sports scandals. The Black Sox, White Sox in 1919. Yeah. You want to tell, give a little backstory uh, about that? From what I know, they gave money or they were offered money to throw the World Series, the Chicago White Sox, against, in 1919. Oh, oh. Against Cubs? Nope. Who was it? The Reds. Reds. The Reds. And a bunch of them got kicked out of baseball. Shoeless Joe Jackson kicked out of baseball for that. Um, Wait, I thought he was the one that didn't. He was. He did get kicked out. Yeah, he got booted. That's why he's not in the hall. Oh yeah, well, he's hanging on my wall still. <laughs> he's on my wall, my hall wall. Yeah. Uh, the steroids. That's another one. Uh, all the steroid scandals. Yep, Bonds, I had that McGuire. one. Yep. Yeah, that's all I can think of. You're just thinking baseball. Is there any other cheer? Oh yeah! Wow, sports. I was thinking baseball. Uh no. I can't think of anything else. Well, there was the Patriots, the Deflate Oh, Deflate Gate. Oh my gosh, yeah, Deflate Gate. There was, that was a huge one. The Astros, the yep, Trash King. Astros. Um, which just happened recently. Uh other ones I had in that I found. Um there was a little league coach back in the two thousands who took kids um that were th- three years older than what they were supposed to be as Little League, and he got kicked out of Little League. Mm. Um, uh, other ones, there was uh, race car driver Nelson... What's that word? Pequit? Pequit. Pequit Jr. Uh, they, he raced in the Formula One race, and he crashed on purpose because his coach told him to. What? Um so that uh, I don't know who the racer was because I'm not. Was it that guy? No. Oh. Well, that was the guy who crashed, but I don't know who won that year. Oh. I'm not in tune with the Formula One. Uh, there was Lance Armstrong. Lance Armstrong, um, yeah. Who, steroids, right? Yeah, found for steroids. Um, and then this was one that I thought you would like, Jack. So there was a player in rugby. You know how in um, football, how players will 
fake injuries so that time they'll have more time. Mm-hmm. There was a player in rugby who faked an injury. He brought fake blood into a game so that way they would have to stop the game and that his team would have more time. That seems like so not what a rugby player would do. <laughs> like they're not guys that would flop or fake like that because they're just Roots. I think it was an American. Oh, that makes sense. No, maybe might have been an Australia rugby player. <laughs> um, That's but, weird. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Anyways, they stopped. I think he got fined a big bit and suspended oh, for probably. a year. Um, but yeah, all these scandals. So there's all these sports scandals, um, which is kind of gonna point on what me and Jack want to talk about here is trust. Like, how are you supposed to trust anything? Mm. Um, I remember going through the uh, baseball. What? We watched the Astros for two years, that team, and they just dominated. They were great. And we were like, wow, this is a good – it was a homegrown team. They brought in some other players, pitchers, and other stuff like that. And then two years later, we found out that they cheated. And mm-hmm. you're like, dude, what am I supposed to – like, what? Who yeah. else is cheating? I'm like – all my thought process was like, okay, what's real and what's not? Yeah. Um, And I think that's what – that's one of the reasons that I was able to relate to kind of what we wanted to talk about today was trust. Um, what do we believe in? Um, so obviously, um, because we're unscripted scripture, we believe in God and we just believe in uh, the Bible, the word and everything it says. So we're going to bring you one of those passages um, and we're going to do it in Matthew 5, nope, Matthew 14. Um, and it's going to be on Peter. Yeah. I mean, what you said, like, that's so true. Like not knowing who to trust, especially today, like, um, with the Astros and guys like Mike Trout, you know, Mm, even mm -hmm. after all like the steroids happen and like you, you have a guy that's just that amazing at a sport. Yeah. And deep down, I'm like, I told my dad, I was like, please don't let Mike Trout be doing steroids. I'm like, that was just ruined. But everything. I remember talking about this was a couple years back. I remember talking about Jose Altuve with you. Like, oh, uh, we would always have the conversations like, who do you think playing now will be in the Hall of Fame yeah. one day? And I'm like, <clears throat> I think all our conversation, the way it worked, would, oh, this guy, if nothing happens to him, like, yeah, this is a definite. Get, if stay he, healthy, yeah, or if they don't take steroids or yeah, cheat. And I think Jose Altuve was one of those guys where. We said that because I think he's the next closest active player to getting, um, is it 2,000 hits, 3,000 3, hits? 3,000, oh, yeah. And because um, I remember when Jose, no, Albert Pujols got it, right? Did he get it? Or he got the home runs. Anyways, um, I remember saying, wow, okay, we might see this again with Jose Altuve. Um, and now this happens, and I don't know, maybe this will end his baseball career he didn't do too well this past 2020 season um but the gist of it is like what we're getting at is you know the the disciples and peter witnessed something in matthew well mark and john that um was so magnificent and so like miraculously crazy that they had trouble trusting and believing that it was real you know and that's what we see with these sports stars is like they're doing stuff that's insane like insanely good and it's sometimes hard to trust like what is legit what is legitimate you know what is real um but like jesus in this story like jesus under jesus is showing them that hey you guys 
this is this is a a moment that's going to strengthen that trust. You know, at a time when they probably felt disappointed and confused um, by the story beforehand. So I say we just jump into it. Yeah. Um, Matthew fourteen twenty two, and this is the story about Jesus walking on the water. <laughs> so, Jesus is my lifeguard. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um, before this story, uh, the Bible in, in all gospel, in each gospel mentions how Jesus feeds the five thousand. Um, and it's interesting because at the end of that story, where he he miraculously feeds five thousand people with with like. Just a couple of loaves of bread and some mm, fish. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end, it was uh, in John, actually. I think John's the John's the one that has, like, what he talks about. Um, after the people, this is John, sorry, we're getting it's okay. acclimated. They can listen to our Bibles be turning, and that way they know we're reading they know we're really Bibles here and not our phones. <laughs> John 6, 14. So he had distributed all the baskets, all the fish. Said after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, "Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world." Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Yeah, I found this too when I was reading. It's weird because, like, so the people were in there's there's movies about it, like they're chanting Messiah, Messiah, and Jesus is like concerned and worried about that hmm. because that's not the way that God had promised to become like king like it wasn't by force and by it wasn't by like just doing these miracles then people will believe in him it was that they had to believe in them in their own hearts without seeing the miracle that knowing that he is who he says he is you know just by doing the miracles jesus didn't want that to be the way to the kingdom yeah and i think this was also a way of jesus showing himself humble um it humbleized him to go away and not get in all that um all that hype um and plus he showed time and time again that he needed his alone time with god which is something Mm -hmm. that's another thing we could talk about another day which actually we did touch on it a bit but um spending your time with god alone time with god um yeah jesus showed that who was the savior of all of us still had to spend his time with god alone yeah but so that's true and that's exactly what he does here Mm -hmm. but this when he leaves and abandons everybody while he's distributing the food this the disciples are worried because they're like well doesn't he want to be king like Mm. he performed this miracle but like we think he's the messiah but then he retreats and goes away from everyone calling him the king and so they're confused they don't have a lot of trust and so that's where we get into the story and in in matthew 14 22 just after the feeds of five thousand. wait but why do you think they you're gonna say that he they went on the boat. No, like he, disciples. Well, first he goes up to pray. Oh, does it say that? Well, first? yeah, they get into the boat. And right. He says to go on ahead of him, and then Jesus goes by himself to pray. Okay. Because he probably he senses this distrust, this confusion among the disciples, mm. and so he's like, "I need to pray about it." And then that prayer with God, like, probably that's where he. I'm sure he had that. You know, that revelation, that, mm-hmm. like, this is what's next. Or God showed him that, like, this is what you need to do to prove their trust. Or do you think, like, he was just so into talking with God, he's like... Uh, that he missed he, the boat? He missed the boat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's, he's like, uh, they just went ahead of him and like, oh, man, like, how am I going to get across the ocean? I mean, he did tell them to get in the boat and go on ahead of him. Okay. Um, 
But later, but maybe he didn't realize that was his ride, his only ride. Maybe he didn't realize no one else was going across. That I mean, day. he's Jesus. He had faith that God would get him there somehow. Okay, I'm sure. whatever. You know, I, he probably the water just decided bridge. to walk. Yeah, yeah. he's like, I'll walk. Keep yeah, the water's going. not going to stop me. Right. Um. So he was there alone that night, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land. This is when he, he noticed the boat was far. Um, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. He must have forgot his jet ski. That's true, yeah, yeah. his wakeboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. So now he, he knows he missed his ride, and he's going to catch him, catch up with him now. Uh, mm-hmm. Seriously, though, he's, like, walking on the lake. Like, yeah, I... That's Dude, that's not he's, a typo. He's got swagger, man. He's walking. Jesus is the most swaggest person back then, and probably the most swaggest person now. Swaggest, swaggest. You like that word? <laughs> sure. Like, just imagine the Jesus walk on water. Like, yo, hey God, I'm gonna be messing with these guys. What are they gonna be thinking? He's just like walking on the water, loving mm-hmm. it. And the disciples saw this, and they were terrified. They said, "It's a ghost." They said, and cried out in fear. Um, I mean, yeah, that would freak me out too. So I get that. I think Jesus was like, "I'm gonna scare these guys. Watch this. Watch this, God." I don't think that's what is on his mind. Oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but it was just scary. Like, there's a whole storm happening, and this guy's just walking on the water, and they they're obviously like are freaking out. But Jesus immediately said to them, "I loved you so many times." In this story, it says immediately. Yeah, I knew you were gonna touch on that. Immediately, which we'll get into a little bit later, but like immediately said to them after they they were faced with that fear Mm. just out of comfort he said take courage it is i don't be afraid peter comes into the picture Mm -hmm. don't know what compelled peter we don't know what like led him to be the first one to speak up in the middle of the storm so he's probably like shouting and stuff he says lord if it's you tell me to come to you on the water and come that's all jesus said he said come right then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the Wait, water. Wait, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Like before, before Peter gets out of the boat, and like as he's trying to get out of the boat, what do you think all the other disciples are thinking? Because they don't really know. Like they hear it's Lord, they don't know if it's Lord. You think like the disciples are like Peter, don't go, Peter, Peter. Like, like they're like kind of. I don't know. What are you thinking? I'm thinking they're all scared for Peter. Like. Peter, what are you doing? There's a guy. There's the lake monster on the river right here on the lake, and you're running out to him. I don't think they had faith, the other disciples. I don't know. I mean, I would hope they would because he said, like, it is I. And because of all that Jesus had done beforehand, like, they would trust him in that. But Then why didn't more people get up to walk out? I think it was meant for Peter. Like, it was a moment meant for Peter because, like, he was going to be the rock. You know, and okay. if he didn't have trust, nobody would have trust. All right. And so he was that, he was their role model. He was their disciple that would lead them, especially after Jesus had gone. Like, Peter was the guy. I think just Peter had enough courage. He was the one who Maybe. had enough courage, which then in the made him the rock in but the end. But then Peter doubts so many times. Whoa. Not just in this story, but in the future. Oh, okay. Well, he's not the doubter. He's not doubting No, nah, but like the rooster crow, you know? Ah, uh, crap. It's a later story where Peter doubts Jesus um, when Jesus is sent to die, and he denies him three times. So I don't know if that's a doubt. That's a denial. <sighs> I think denial's worse. Denial's yeah. denial's like because you know that 
you're, you're admitting that I don't even believe in this guy. Like, I don't even know him. Right. Doubt is just like, maybe, maybe it's not. Or maybe he's not going to save me. You know, so denial's like completely, like, no, not happening. But as far as like the disciples, what they what they were feeling, I can only imagine like. I think they were still stuck on the ghost like, part. Like biting their nails. Right, I think they were still scared. Yeah. I don't think they were full believers yet. Regardless of what they thought, Peter... Yeah, whatever, we don't know. ...took the courage. Yep, Peter. And walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Um, Probably probably very timidly and haphazardly, but still, he he was going out towards him, Mm -hmm. and Jesus just wanted him to be fixed on him. Mm -hmm. Fixed on Jesus and fixed on his eyes, but Peter got distracted by the wind... In the storm, and that's when he fell through the water. He was afraid, and he began to sink. And that's when I bet the disciples freaked out too. And that that lack of like, that's where like confusion and, and distrust and all these things like were going nuts in their heads. But oh, I yeah, I mean, they I think they were still in awe. They were still like, well, I think they were scared, and then they were in awe. They're like. Peter, what is going on right now? Are but we Peter dreaming? Peter walked on the water. Like yeah, he did. Peter is he walking on the, water. on the water. And, they know and then Peter's all of a sudden, the guy. he starts to sink. Like, just like that. As soon as he doubts, as soon as he's yeah. like... I think as soon as Peter's like, wait, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, then he sinks right in. Um, and then... But right before he sinks totally, he says... Lord, save me. And here's this word again. Immediately, Immediately. Jesus reached out... Uh, his hand and caught him. Um, you of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? Yeah, I love Jesus. That's awesome. He gets like, right to the point immediately, dude. Like, not even hesitate to save us when we fall. Like he, yeah, we fell and like we were afraid or we we had doubted him. Mm-hmm. But like he picked us right out of the water, like right as we called out to him. Right. I actually like the more, I think I can relate more to the before part where I'm Peter, where I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm going on God's path. I'm going on God's path and I don't realize it. And then I start thinking about all this other stuff and being distracted. And I think I sink right away um, just from all my distractions and thinking too much uh, in my life. Yeah. It can also be like a point of comfort too. Like, if Peter was walking for a set amount of time and he felt comfortable, then he could, like, look around mm. and, like, admire things, and that's when he fell. Because he's like, no, it's not, like, you're never comfortable. As a Christian, mm. we're never comfortable. It's right. always seeking out Jesus. Stepping out, yeah. And, like, always taking new steps into new, like, taking new risks and, and trying new things so that we can be working towards him. Right. If you were back then and jesus is walking on water do you think you would be a peter and you would be a risk risk taker to walk out on water or would you be a one of the other 11 disciples who were still sitting in the boat like just watching yeah i mean that's that's a hard question you are know. you a risk taker we'll just ask that first of all what well, i, do you I think I yourself yeah. yeah i think you are too i think i am i i, I don't think i am i'm not really, really i'll sit down and I'll watch i mean in the moment like that like if you were dis- if we were disciples called like by God to follow Him, yeah, I don't know if we, you know, those disciples were blessed in different ways and they they showed their faith in different ways, you know, especially after Jesus had died. 
So, but I, I, I differ that we don't see Jesus, but I think we are disciples. I think we are called, and I think we're put in those situations all the time, where we don't step you out of the you boat. Don't take risks all the time. And I think, I think I am too comfortable with being comfortable. Hmm. I don't think I step out of my comfort zone enough. Yeah, I think me especially like I get, I get confused between contentment and complacency. You know, being complacent and being content, I think, are different things. Well, explain those for me. So content for me is like, I'm okay with just Jesus. You know, I don't need, we don't need things. We don't need things of this world to be happy or to find peace and comfort. But complacency, being complacent means that like, you know, I'm I'm not going to take risks and I'm not going to work hard mm. for what, something I know is safe, something I know is easy. And some people would say, I'm content. Like, I'm content with where I am. Like, that's, right. I don't think that's contentment. I think that's complacency, which is wrong. Like, contentment is good, and I think being complacent is wrong. So as Christians, like, we should be pursuing risk for the sake of Jesus. Yes, yes. Which is important. Like, it's not, it, we don't just pursue risk for the sake of risk because it's like, I know... Jesus is pleased with it because it's harder. Like it's not always the case. Some sometimes he like tells us, "No, you need to stand back. And you need to wait." Mm. You know, he did that with Paul a lot. But like for us, like we need to be doing taking risks for Jesus because we trust him and because we trust that path for it's him. It's faith. That's what us. faith it's is. It's faith. Yeah. Right. And that's what Peter did. Like he's like, "I could stay here in the boat. I'm complacent. I'm comfortable." Mm-hmm. But he's calling me there. I know it's a risk, but I'm gonna trust him and I'm gonna do it. And he did, and he walked on water. So now he knows I can do it if I trust in Jesus. I know I can do it. And when he gets comfortable mm-hmm. and he stops pursuing that, he falls through. And then Jesus has to pick him back up, which he does lovingly. But now Peter knows, like. I just have to trust him right. with and, everything. But Peter has to be all in. Yeah. He can't have a little bit of doubt because even, yeah. uh, uh, well, I guess Jesus said you of little faith. I thought it was you of little doubt. But um, if you just have, he was, Peter was all in when he was walking on water. And as soon as he just had that little s- second think of doubt, he was down in the water. Yeah. So I think we have to be all in. I think we say that podcast after podcast that what is it being all in all in is just being devoted to your bible every thought is for god being trusting him like mm-hmm. you know well being like peter was after this story yeah which ended up building up the church as we That's, know it today. yeah absolutely um yeah man wow so when they climbed into the boat jesus and peter climbed back into the boat so now with there is 11 dry disciples and one wet one. And Jesus is <laughs> yeah. dry too. Yep. But right as he climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Hmm. And it was peaceful. Um, this is why I always get confused with the other story that we told yeah. back then where Jesus was on the boat and he calms the storm. Yeah. It's different. But I th- it is two, two different stories. Two different stories. Okay. Um. Those who were in the boat, so the disciples who saw everything, they started worshiping him Mm. because the experience that Peter had 
was just as impactful for them. They saw that like because he took his eyes off of Jesus, he fell through. And so that resonated with them in their hearts. And they worshiped Jesus saying, truly, you are the son of God. So though they they doubted him and, and lacked trust, when he went away after feeding the 5,000, like Jesus solidified that trust in them by showing them how to do that through Peter. And when they had crossed over the sea, uh, they landed at Gennesaret. And mm -hmm. when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. And this is the part of the movie, dude, where it's like the tearjerker. People mm -hmm. from all around brought their sick to him, begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. People came from everywhere. In John 6, this part says, Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into their boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. People were, like, dropping everything to go find him after hearing about what he did. They were, like, nonstop. Mark 6, um, 56, And wherever he went, into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak. Even the edge of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Just by touching his cloak, people were healed, dude. That's how people started to understand, like, they started to understand that he's he's really the son of God because of... Well, I think he's the son of God because he's not getting annoyed with that, dude. <laughs> how patient. can you not get annoyed? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think because... You know, he's just, that's his call. That's why he's here. Like exactly. He, he's like, this is, this is it. This is why I'm here. You know, it's not by any force. It's by people realizing in their hearts that, like, I'm who I say I am. Right. And I think even if we put that into our lives, like, sometimes I think that's the hardest thing for us to find, actually, in our life is our call. What? It, what's it? Why did God put us on this earth? Um, we can go through all the gifts that he's given us and try to relate it and try to find what our spiritual gift is, um, but to find our call, which I say call and spiritual gift are along the same lines. Um, but I think that's a challenge. And then to stay on our call is a challenge. So for Jesus to know his call, I mean, obviously he's a son of God. Um, it's always easier when you're working for someone and the son is usually always the favorite. Um, but we talked last week that... God has no favorites. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, to follow your call and get on your call, even so, when you are when you know your call, it still gets annoying, you know? You still get annoyed with your call. Mm -hmm. Don't you think so? In mm -hmm. our lives? Yes, because it, it just weighs on you sometimes. The, right. devil, the devil still reaches those parts of your life and can tempt you in those areas, but like... Right, but Jesus, th that just, to me... Puts Jesus on a pedestal, you know, like more of a pedestal because for everyone to come up to him and just kind of like nag him, nag him, nag him. And he's like, this is this is it. This is why I'm here. Mm -hmm. I think um, we can look in our lives and be like, oh, OK, why am I here? I'm doing this, this and this and this. This is why I'm here. Um, I think we need to do it without being annoyed. Yeah. For sure. So we look back at all the scandals that we mentioned beforehand and. Mm hmm. In those situations, I think the reason we have a hard time trusting those people is because they're not Jesus. You know, they're just idols in our lives. Yeah. People that we look up to and... and I think they're very short-term. Oh, short-term. Super temporary people. Uh, yeah. Fun distractions. 
but um, what we learn like through them is that people fail and like humans fail and they fail us but jesus is the only one who never fails us and so that's the only person who we can put all of our trust in because we know that he'll never fail us and i think that's the point of this story is that is that he can do that because he is the son of god and he is and he's there to pick you up immediately after you fall and like so why why not put your trust in someone like that like that someone you constantly turn your your head against and look away from is the same person that's going to pick you up right as you do that like that's that's love and that's that's what trust looks like so do you have anything else to add zachary nope <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right cool that was fun um thank you guys for tuning in we look forward to um next week when we share more about the christmas story yeah we're diving get ready for christmas it is christmas season and we're going to be sharing one of the greatest stories of all time we're Woo! super excited about it um but please give us a follow on twitter uh and instagram uh, check out some of our new content um and stay tuned there for some upcoming giveaways and things like that uh and send us a voice message on anchor if y'all are interested in talking to us but thank you so much we'll see you next time